Welcome to Flourish and Blots, Larry Botter. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Hey, everybody. If you haven't heard yet, I have a brand new Instagram account just for teens. My original one, Firmly Founded Coaching, we kind of talk to teens and talk to parents of teens. So parents, if you're not following us there, you got to follow me and the other coaches at Firmly Founded Coaching on Instagram. But this one is just for teens. I make a lot of videos for teens, short ones, powerful ones, ones that kind of take some of these concepts I do here on the podcast and put it in like 90 seconds. So go follow me over there. It's called Sidekick to Hero. I help you there. Stop thinking like a sidekick and start thinking like a hero. So go follow me over there at Sidekick to Hero and uh, say hello to me in a DM. I'd love to say hi. And now episode 88, don't let other people write your story. Larry Botter entered the giant wizarding bookstore. He only wanted one thing and he walked straight up to the manager of Flourish and Blots. I'm looking for a book, sir. The manager peered over his glasses at the boy. Well, you've come to the right place, lad. We happen to sell books here. I want to write my story, said Larry. If I'm going to be famous one day, I might as well get started on writing it now. Do you have any books I can write my story in, or better yet, one that will do it for me? The manager eyed the boy, judging whether or not he was the perfect customer for that book. He at last decided. Yes, I believe I have the book you're looking for. The manager disappeared into the back of the shop and came out with a dusty old book with a shimmering green cover. It must have been over a hundred years old from the looks of it. This book contains an amazing story. Oh, sorry, I, I don't want a book that's already written. I want an empty one, said Larry. Oh, but this one is empty. The manager handed the book to Larry, who flipped through the pages, each one blank. It contains an amazing story that has yet to be written. Oh, splendid. W will it write it for me? asked Larry. Indeed it will, like it has written countless others before it. Larry lit up, paid for the book, and turned to leave. Beware, though, boy. The book writes on the page what it sees in the mind. You cannot hide your thoughts from its ink. No, no, that's perfect, Larry said in a hurry. I don't want to do the work of writing it anyway. Be careful. Larry stopped with his hand on the door. Be careful who you let write in your book. I will, thanks. And Larry left quickly. As he walked down the street, Larry opened the book to find that it had already started doing its job. The first page had a chapter heading on it. The new book. And the opening words were already inked. 
The manager of the store was strange and unnecessarily woeful. Larry knew that this new book was going to bring him great things. Larry liked the sound of it already. By the next day at school, the first chapter was complete. This is easy, Larry thought. And that's when he ran into Horace. Literally. Hey, watch it! shouted Horace. Oh, it's little Larry. Well, thank goodness it wasn't a normal-sized person. Might have scuffed me boots, ha! Huh? A few other kids around Horace laughed as well. Oh, shove off, Horace, said Larry as he hurried around him. Larry got seated in his next class and took out the book. Chapter 2 had begun, but Larry did not like the title. Little Larry. Hey! That troll ruined my next chapter! The chapter described Larry as the shortest wizard in his grade who would never get picked for the Quidditch team, and not just because of his shortness, but because not very many people liked him because of his shortness. That almost ruined his day, but lunch was next, and Larry looked forward to talking with his friends. In the Grand Hall, Larry found his two friends, Jocelyn and Richard. They were in the middle of a conversation. Jocelyn turned to Larry. We need to pick a new member for our potions group. Charlie is out. I want Gregory, but Jocelyn is against it, said Richard. Jocelyn rolled her eyes. I want someone who actually knows a serpent's tongue from a hole in the ground. Larry thought of someone and piped up. Well, what's about Agnes? I was in a group with her first year, and she's smart. Yuck, Agnes, said Jocelyn appallingly. She's about the last person I'd pick. Same here, agreed Richard. Really, why? asked Larry. Well, she's lazy for starters, said Jocelyn. She's always just moping about rather than doing anything during broom flight class. She doesn't have any gumption. Yeah, agreed Richard. Plus, I heard she just copies off her partners. That's probably what she did with you, right, Larry? Larry thought. Um, not that I remember. I mean, maybe she did, but, but it seemed pretty mutual. And she's just so negative. It's annoying, continued Jocelyn. I can't be brought down by negative vibes if I'm going to get a good grade in potions. All right, said Larry, as he pulled out school books from his bag. The book writing his story fell onto the floor and opened up to a new chapter that was being written. Agnes the Annoying. And it started off with a line that read, Agnes was by far Larry's worst student partner ever. And she smelled of rat feet. Larry was shocked. I don't want that in my story! He picked up his stuff and left without eating his corned beef. Larry! Jocelyn called after him. We still need to pick another partner for the potions group. Larry did his best to avoid conversation with people until he got home that evening. His dad was busily cooking dinner in the kitchen while his mom went through some paperwork at the table. Larry, how was school? His mother asked. It was all right. Not knowing what else to say that wouldn't involve his new book. Larry's dad joined in from the kitchen. Have they fired that useless herbology professor yet? I bet school would go better for you if they had teachers who actually knew what they were doing. 
Well, you can't blame them, dear, said Larry's mother. The whole administration over there is over their head. You mean incompetent? No, it's just such a broken system, you know? Overworked and underpaid professors who all have to work second jobs to make ends meet. It's, it's not like that new charter magic school in Woodsboro. We'd be lucky if we can get Larry in there. Uh, Larry, wh where are you going? Larry knew that he had to get out of there, though it was probably too late. He got to his room, closed the door, and opened up the book on his bed. A new chapter was already there, titled, The Worst School Possible. No! The chapter read, Larry attended the worst school possible because his family was too poor to get him into a better one. This would thwart Larry's potential for success in the future. This chapter even had pictures. Tired and grumpy professors, a shiny new school glittering off in the distance out of reach, and poor Larry in tattered clothes sitting in a small desk. Larry grabbed the book, closed it tight, and ran all the way back to Flourish and Blotz. He burst through the door of the quiet bookstore. Help me! This is not the story I want to tell! He gave the book to the manager who skimmed through the first couple of chapters, nodding amusingly at the line about him being strange and woeful. I've tried ripping out the pages, but they're stuck, said Larry. Change it! I'm afraid I can't. Then, then I don't want it. I don't want the book anymore. It's making my life seem boring and pathetic. That's not my life. Well, I'm afraid it is, said the manager. Or else, why would the book have written it? Other people said those things. I didn't. I tried to get away from them, but I couldn't. Other people might have said these things, but you agreed with them. You made their thoughts your own, or else the book wouldn't have made it so on its pages. But I, I don't think those things about my school or, or Agnes or about myself. Don't you? The manager gave Larry a piercing stare. You may have countervailing opinions, but did you ever voice them? Stand up for them? even in your own head for more than just a moment. Larry just stared blankly, thinking. I'll take that as a no. Larry, you need to own your own opinions. Those who don't allow other people to write their stories. And you won't always like what others have to write. And then... The worst thing happens. What's that? You start to believe them, and they become part of your story. Larry hung his head in defeat. Can I just return the book? I could take it back, but the first few chapters would remain for readers of the future, and by the looks of it, I don't think you would want that. Then what can I do? Did you not read the instructions on the last page? Larry paused. There are instructions? Yes, hard to find, but there if you look. He flipped to the back page. 
It reads, Your story can be rewritten with some effort. It starts with you owning your own mind. All right, I'm totally in a Harry Potter kick right now. I just started reading the first book to my seven-year-old son, and I'm having a good time doing voices and such, and so I totally wanted to do that here. So um, here's the question of the day. Are you letting other people write your story? Now, there's kind of a double play here on the word story. Like, first, there's the story of, like, you know, a typical story. But there's also the word story, as I like to define it, as the stories in our heads are just our thoughts that are strung together. So you take two or more thoughts and you string them together, and that creates your story about something. And we generally have three categories of stories, and you probably noticed those in that little mini story about Larry Potter, uh, my knockoff Harry Potter character. Uh, the three areas are what we think about ourselves, what we think about others, and what we think about the world around us. Now, there are stories in your head right now that are not your own, that other people have written for you. And while sometimes that might be a good thing, sometimes it might not be a good thing. It's really up to you to question what other people want to put in your brain. And if you're not doing that, then you probably got a bunch of stories in your head from outside sources. Now, here are three ways that we let other people write our stories. First is that we take what other people say as facts. We've all done this before. Somebody just throw something down, whether it's their opinion about another person, about a class that you have, about a teacher, uh, about a movie. Uh, they, they say it and we just accept it as fact. Oh yeah, you're right. She is annoying. Or, oh man, that movie was lame. And we, we just don't question it. I always question, always question what other people are giving you. The second way we let other people write our story is we let their opinions become our own. This is slightly different to the first one. This one is that we recognize that it's not a fact and that it's their opinion, but then we adopt it. And this is being the owner of somebody else's opinion or letting somebody else be the owner of the opinion that, that we're having. And this happens a lot when we talk about other people. Uh, this happens a lot when you're with your friends or with other peers. And people start, you know, uh, talking crap on somebody else, or they, they start just sharing their opinion of somebody. And you start going, yeah, maybe that should be my opinion of this person. That, that maybe should be what I think about them. Or we do that to ourselves. When somebody shares an opinion with us, and we recognize, hey, this is different from number one. Number one, we're like, oh my goodness, yeah, that's totally true. Ah. But in this way, uh, number two, we're taking their opinion and we recognize, yep, yeah, it's an opinion. And then we make it our own opinion. Yep, that's just, just what I think about myself. I'm no good. I'm, I'm short. I'm the shortest person in the wizarding class or whatever, right? Like that's, and usually they're full of um, uh, hyperboles, exaggerations, and, and we kind of just run with it. Um, so. That's the second way we let other people kind of write our story. 
The third way is that we don't stand up for or validate our own opinions and experiences, even if we just stand up for it in our own heads. You don't always have to stand up and go and, you know, fisticuffs with somebody, uh, but you really should stand up for the opinions that you have uh, in your own mind from your own experiences. And now this is going to seem uh, like an interesting way of looking at things because you're like, well, what, hold on, I, I need to question other people's um, opinions and their thoughts and whatnot, but mine I need to stand up for. But well, hopefully you've already done some investigating and questioning of your own beliefs, your own opinions. For example, uh, if you really, really, really like your mom and you talk to an older sibling who's just like, oh, no, mom's the worst. This is kind of what happened with me. Uh, I all, have always enjoyed my mom. I love my mom. She's a fantastic individual. But I had an older sibling who had various other opinions and was always saying, oh, no, but mom is so manipulative. Mom is so this. Mom is so that. Uh, and I'm like, no, I... I really enjoy mom and I think she actually just wants what's best for us. And that was something that I had uh, come to, a conclusion that I'd already drawn up in my mind from my own experiences with mom. So if you don't stand up for your own opinions, either in your head or out loud, you allow other people to start chipping away at them. Here's today's secret for an awesome life. The stories in our head are rewritable. They're Editable. Oh, I knew I was going to butcher that. Editable. Ed editable. They're editable. Yes, I said it. Our stories are rewritable. Somebody is rewriting those stories right now. Is it you or is it somebody else? I want you to guard the pages of your mind fiercely. I want you to take up the pen and write stories that are beautiful and powerful. Those types of stories are usually positive about yourself, about other people, and about the world around you. Hey teens, would you say you are the sidekick or the hero of your life? You see, sidekicks play small. They let their emotions stop them from doing the things they want to do. Heroes, on the other hand, heroes are always in control of their destiny. They still struggle, but they know how to struggle. They know how to develop self-confidence, manage their emotions, and take the action they need to so their story ends the way they want it to. If you want to stop being a sidekick and start being the hero of your story, let me be your coach. I take teens from sidekick to hero in the Firmly Founded Family Membership. And this membership isn't just for teens. We have stuff in there for parents as well. So if you're ready to switch into hero mode, go get your parents and go to firmlyfounded.com to see when our doors to the membership open next.